0: I'm Larry Kruger, he's Ryan Smith. Welcome to the Tales from the Bay podcast. And uh, this week we're talking we're looking back at the 49ers 24-9 win over the Rams, looking ahead to their game Sunday with the Carolina Panthers. All right, 24-9 was the final. The defense, once again, is the story. Seven sacks, 10 hits on the quarterback. The stat that, that of stats that just jumps out to me, the 49er defense, right, has allowed 3.8 yards per play. That's number one in the NFL. And for historical perspective – the 85 Bears, widely thought of as the best defensive team in the history of the NFL, allowed 4.4 yards per play. 49ers are at 3.8. The 2000 Ravens, who are also a historically great defense, allowed 4.3 yards per play. The 49ers are at 3.8. Through four games, the Niner defense have, has given up a total of of 46 points so we can talk about garoppolo we can talk about the offense we will get into all of it but really let's not bury the lead the 49er defense especially their defensive line dominated the rams offensive line which had injuries uh which has had retirements defections and that was the the niner defensive line dictated um everything about the niners 24-9 victory
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that for everyone watching. I was just looking down. Uh, I was trying to find we don't have good Wi-Fi in here, but I was trying to find the names of our podcasts because I I, I think I mean, it's a little early for a victory lap, but I believe we titled the second episode. Is this Niners defense an all time defense? And I think that's what we're looking at here. Um, I think that people still have not quite caught up. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are skeptical. A lot of people said, oh, they haven't played anybody. You know, wait, wait till they play the Rams. Well, they just played the Rams. And now everyone's, oh, well, the Rams have kind of a crappy offense line. All they have is Cooper Cup. Uh, let's see what they do versus the Chiefs. I'm just telling you, this, this defense, this is, this is one of the rare defenses that can shut down any offense in the NFL. I don't care who it is. And um, as long as Jimmy G takes care of the ball, Um, he doesn't even have to play as well as he did last week as long as he takes care of the ball and doesn't make mistakes uh, and they can play from ahead you know I would pick them against anybody
0: you say well why is this defense so special Nick Bosa is now in the prime of his career and the 49ers in this desire to replace D. Ford have found several Suitable replacements. I mean, Samson Ebukam is playing at a crazy high level. Ebukam in this last game was tremendous. I mean, he really was. He was he was all over the quarterback. Um, very very impressive game from Samson Ebukam. Then you've got Drake Jackson. You've got Charles Mennehew. You've got Kerry Hider. I mean, they've got a collection of defensive ends that have talent, speed, motor. The total, the, you know, the, the total package. Then linebacker Drake Greenlaw. Was was absolutely amazing 14 tackles 11 solo he was just totally dominant Fred Warner gets acclaim gets you know the acclaim as being the best linebacker here uh on this team and and he's a tremendous player there's no question about it but if Greenlaw continues to play at the level that he played at last week against the Rams he will take that away from Fred Warner and then you got Al Alshair so then you get to the next level which was thought to be the weakness and now Talanoa is playing at a crazy high level at strong safety. Tayshawn Gibson has been a really nice addition at free safety. Um, and they've got a lot of depth on the corner. Mooney Ward, Samuel Womack, a very much improved Diamador Lenore. How loaded are the 49ers? They have historically great defensive numbers. Jason Verrett has, is a Pro Bowl caliber corner. He hasn't played. Jimmy Ward is maybe the best player on the defense, not named Nick Bosa. He hasn't played a snap. These guys are due to come back. So the 49er defense is unbelievably the story. It's strong on all three levels. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's really now, it's changed the whole complexion of this season. Yep. It's to the point where if Jimmy G, and we heard Nick Bosa do an interview, and he was talking about Trey Lance. And he was asked about the young quarterback and how he was going to come along. This was, you know, before training camp. And he's like, you know, in typical Nick Bosa fashion, sounded very, he was brilliant, but did sounded very kind of underwhelming, right? He's like... Well, you know, we've got such a good defense if uh, if Trey doesn't make, you know, huge mistakes and all kinds of turnovers, I think we'll be fine. And he like said it kind of matter of factly. It's true. But now you just take Trey Lance out, you put Jimmy Garoppolo in. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make colossal mistakes and turn the ball over in mass, the defense is good enough to carry him,
1: yeah. And honestly, it kind of changes the perspective for me on the because Trey Lance was the story, and it was almost like, uh you know it's kind of like a red herring is like okay well they're going to go as far as lance can take them um I, it starts to make a little bit more sense why Kyle was obviously, you know, don't want him running in between the tackles all the time, but it's, you kind of understand why he went with the game plan of just like run the ball with Lance, you know, you know, all these different, you know, power gate four yards, just make sure you're getting gains and, and make sure to put him in a, in an opportunity where he can't turn the ball over because I think Shannon probably knew how dang good this defense is. and, You know, the one thing we heard from every player we've talked to, especially in the preseason, was just, you know, like we asked him about D'Amico Ryans or whoever. And they're like, man, they just tell you, you know, you just got to play fast. Everybody's mindset is play fast, play fast. And you see that with Greenlaw. And I think that what Warner allows Greenlaw to do is it's like Warner is the quarterback of the defense. He's making all the calls. He's, he's helping everyone out. You know, you saw him or I, I, there was multiple plays people posted on Twitter with all 22 of him like pointing things out as he's like in a dead sprint and like organizing the defense. And it just allows Greenlaw to just play and just fire off. And honestly, you, you saw the downside of it hilariously in uh, Chicago against like the worst offense in the league with the rainy conditions. He was just a little bit reckless. Like, you know, he he hit fields after and he's just playing, but that's, I mean, they're going to play fast and it's just so shocking that Jimmy Ward is not even back. I don't, I don't even know where he fits in. Richard Sherman threw out the idea of having him play nickel and just going with a big nickel. And I mean, they tackle, I, I, there's no other team. Usually tackling takes a while before, you know, everyone starts like tackling really well. They do not miss tackles. Their pursuit is so insane. You know, they throw a screen pass out to Cooper Cup. Eman. it's just like, I'm not even worried. He's on an island with Cooper Cup, and it's just, boom, he just suffocates him. And then you got Warner flying in, for, you know, as backup. It's just, it's going to be one of those fun teams where you're you're more excited to watch the defense than the offense. Yeah, there's like six guys on this team that can make solo tackles at
0: will. And, you know, there was a play where the 49ers blitzed to Fonga off the defensive right side, and the play ran, it was a run to the left. It was almost the perfect play to go opposite that blitz. Well... It's the kind of situation when you're sending your strong safety on a blitz and he totally doesn't get home because you're running the perfect play to counter it, that if that running back can get to the second level, he's often gone. And Daryl Henderson was the back and Stafford handed him the ball and Fred Warner Crushed him in the hole with a solo tackle and just put him to the ground. And that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, a, a play where the offense is, is, you know, if he bust that tackle, he may still be running. Uh, instead, Warner brought him to the to the ground. We also saw kind of high level stuff. I thought from D'Amico in this game, in that you know D'Amico can get it done with just his front four, um, and they don't have to play a lot of games. But man, in this game, he blitzed on over half of the third downs, um, and they played some really well executed games up front, stunting games with their tackles and their ends. Um, and when they're when they're when they're playing with that kind of talent those kinds of motors um that kind of depth and then they've got coordinated games going up front and they're blitzing their backers and their defensive backs they blitz lenore off the off the slot uh, when you're giving a quarterback and an offensive line that many different looks with that kind of talent at that kind of speed, coordinated and choreographed, it's 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 football, it's defensive football at its highest level, and it's um, it's going to confuse offensive linemen. Um, I think that the 49ers, if you're an offensive line and you're not communicating really, really well and playing your a game, they can embarrass you. Um, And so it's going to be really interesting watching this line go forward because I can't remember this many guys who showed up in great shape in their prime with their motor revved high, all coordinated because they know the defense, and with an incredible back seven to back them up. You got Mooney. You mentioned E-Man, Emmanuel Mosley. Easily playing the best ball of his career. Mosley's playing like a number one corner. Mooney Ward's playing like a number one corner. Talanoa Hufanga's playing like an all-pro strong safety. Jimmy Ward is a pro Bowl strong safety. Um, Gibson's a, a ball hawk. They got tremendous depth. Uh, Lenore has graduated to another level His coverage on Cooper Cup was phenomenal. And then you got Samuel Womack sitting there, Jason Verrett waiting, Dante Johnson on practice squad. They're stacked. They're stacked on all three levels. They're playing fast. They're playing smart. I'm going to be really interested, not just to see what they do against Carolina and Baker Mayfield, but three weeks from now when they come back to Levi's for for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, um, that game to me will be their national, you know, this Defenses national coming out party as far as they will be discussed uh, with the 85 Bears and the 86 Giants and, um, you know, the 75 Steelers and the 2000 Ravens and the O2 Bucks and, you know, the, the Seahawks. And pick whatever awesome historical defense you want. Um, they'll be thrown in that category and appropriately if they somehow win these next two games and come back
1: and shut down Mahomes and Reed and company. I mean, it's just crazy. If you, if you look back to 2019, I would argue they had the best defense in the league that year. And this, they, this this team, the fact that they're able to play man, and it just allows D'Amico Ryan so much more creative opportunity. I know the exact play you were talking about with Hifanga. How, okay, I know that yes, they they ran the ball, and it's like they have so much confidence in Warner and those guys that they they don't even worry. They know they're going to make the tackle. But holy crap! I mean, he looked like he he ran a four one the, the way he got the way he timed that up and got in the backfield. I mean, if that was play action, Stafford would be on his ass, man. Uh, that he, I can just I just love Hafanga so much now. He, the fact that he I don't know. Rye, if it's, should we should we
0: simultaneously give the T for Hafanga? Yeah. <laughs>
1: There you go. There you go. Talanoa on his way to the Pro Bowl. I mean, how about that play when they threw the screen pass to Cooper Cup? Like, they basically... This defense is so dang smart. Every one of those players is smart, and they're playing as a team. It's like a symphony. And I don't know how much is D'Amico, how much is the players. I think it's a little bit of all, but I mean, they ran that screen pass to Cooper Cup. They tried to run it again. You can't run the same play versus Niners de- t- uh, defense. Hufanga just read it immediately, pick six to the house. I mean, they. that's another thing about the 2019 team. They didn't get turnovers. I mean, they want, in comparison to the rest of the Niners or the Shanahan era, I think they were like plus four, plus five, which which is excellent for this, but this team, I mean, they might end up like plus as long as Jimmy G takes care of the ball, they could end up like plus 15. This could be 25% better of a, of a defense, more dominant of a defense than 2019. And I mean, they don't allow touchdowns. And in and, and the, if you look at the games, it's actually a little misleading. I, you know, the way we, we were all talking about Lance um, in that bears game, you know, And we get absolutely he gets a break for the monsoon defense gets a break for the monsoon, too. I mean, they had two busted coverages and it was just so sloppy out there. I mean, you think that on a on a regular conditions that Justin Fields is doing anything versus this team? No, I mean, this team is they're three and out three and outing everyone. I mean, I thought the Seahawks were maybe the worst team in the league after that, after they they blew him out. Now you look the Seahawks just put up like what, 48 on Detroit. They, they they couldn't even they couldn't do anything versus the Niners. They they had a, a field or a, whatever a blocked field goal, and then Denver. I mean the defense was on the field for like 35 minutes of the game, and they just got the one score, and it was just just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then the Rams. I mean I am picking the Rams for my survivor pool versus Dallas. That's going to be an interesting one because I think a lot of people think Dallas is maybe the second best. Some people think they're the best defense. You're going to see this this Rams team. I think is going to put up points against them, and that's people are going to be like, whoa damn how good is this Niners team oh that's a great point that's a great point because we
0: get Rams Cowboys in week five and I think you're right I think you will shine a different light on this thing you know the Niners just come at you in waves Kevin Givens is playing at a really really high level um and 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 he's you know Charles Amenehue's playing at a high level our buddy Drake Jackson yeah who we saw yesterday outside the locker room. I mean, Drake, Drake's playing at a crazy high level. The Samson Ebucom first quarter sack. Um, you know, Jackson came off the right edge, Ebucom came off the left edge. These guys, if they had collided, it would have been a serious, ugly moment. They were sprinting at the quarterback. The, I mean Jackson's not. He plays in a rotation. I mean Bosa's is the starter. So I mean, and and then Amenahue is two seven. He's at, I mean, Charles Amenahue's always had huge talent, and it's always a matter of and the, and a great motor, huge talent, great motor. But could he get at the in the right scheme, doing the right thing, and get at the right weight? And I think he's about he played about two seventy five last year. I would say he's about two sixty five this year, and he. He is flying.
1: So, I mean, you, it's an unbelievable team right now. By the way, I think we we have a menahue. Uh, we got a menahue. Uh, we were interviewing Jalen Moore, which will be later in the podcast. And uh, he asked some a Manohue popped up. and No, was Kamoku Tere. Oh, it was Tere? Oh, yeah, I'll see. Kamoku I'm recording, Ture. so I couldn't see. Okay, never mind. But anyway, it's, it was kind of funny. Tere I let Teray be the guest journalist and ask some questions. It's another guy, Kamoko Teray.
0: We're, we're not even. He's an excellent pass rusher, really good against the run. Uh, he has barely played. <sighs> <sighs> Excuse me, but. Ultimately, the four niners are just so stacked. They're stacked up front. They're stacked at linebacker. They're really, you know, the amazing thing is the strength of the defense may wind up being the secondary. Uh, you know, Jimmy Ward, Hafanga, Mosley, uh, and Mooney Ward, I think, is the best secondary there is uh, in the NFL right now. And they're loaded on all three, all three levels. They're well coached. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be absolutely fun to watch. And, and then, you know, the other thing that jumped out from last week, the 49ers are now update your stats. 32 and 15 with Garoppolo starting 9 and 29 since 2017 when he doesn't start. And I think they found in this game their recipe for success. A couple of big plays. Uh, Garoppolo doesn't make major mistakes, and they lean on their historically great defense. And I think now we're going to start to see them pi- stack up some wins because now they have their equation. So we we're gonna we're gonna
1: play some interviews here, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about Carolina. Absolutely. And one last thing on Jimmy G because it's hilarious we didn't even touch on it, but he, um, you know, I think Jim, sharp, yeah. And Jimmy G this year is going to be treated like an offensive lineman. If you don't really hear anything about him, that's that, good. That's good. If, he, if he has the pick or whatever, like that's you know he's going to get dumped on for it. But um, it was interesting. I mean, they were, they were in shotgun almost the entire game, and I, I was listening to the Manning cast even as, as I was at the stadium. And they were like, you know, there was third and ones, whatever. And they're like, I don't understand. I thought Shanahan, like, you know, is outside zone. What are they doing with all this 11 personnel? And what? And it looked like Kyle was just trying to get Jimmy comfortable. And he's just like, look, Jimmy, you can be in shotgun. Let's just get you going early. Let's make sure you don't make mistakes. And he had a lot of zip on his ball. I'd say particularly the first quarter and a half. After that, I mean, I guess maybe he didn't pass as much, but he came out and his shoulder looked good.
0: And he neutralized the Rams' defensive yeah. strength, which is their line, right? I mean, they've got Leonard Floyd. They've got Aaron Donald. I mean, they've got Ashawn Robinson. They've, that's a defensive line that dominated the Niners at the end of the NFC Championship game. It's the same defensive line, largely, that dominated the Bengals in the Super Bowl. It's one of the great defensive lines in the NFL today, and they neutralized it. How short passes, getting the ball out quick, never giving the Rams a chance to hit their quarterback. And if you look at the final numbers... The 49er offensive line, you know, the, also the Rams got what they wanted in this game. The Rams the Rams held the ball for 73 plays. Niners had 49, but the, Niner, the Rams defense had zero sacks and one quarterback hit the entire night. And don't think that that's not directly related to the fact that Jimmy G also had no major negative plays. He had no turnovers, no picks, no fumbles. And a lot of it is because they found a way without Trent Williams going up against one of the great defensive lines in the sport to get the ball out quick and have a passing attack and only subject their quarterback to one hit all night. So um, a total win for the Niners on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Their O-line won, their D-line won. Garoppolo took care of the football, and they ran the ball. They had just enough big plays, just enough explosives to make it happen. Afonga makes the big defensive play on the pick six,
1: and uh, the 49ers get a nice 24-9 win. Yep. My last my last thought on this game was, you know, we haven't even mentioned Kyle because now the defense is going to get all the love. You know, I really appreciated Kyle's game plan and it reminded me a little bit of Belichick. The way Belichick, he, you know, if Belichick's playing Kansas City, he's like, we're just taking out Tyreek Hill. We are not letting them do what they want to do. We're going to make them play left-handed. And guess what? That's what Kyle does on offense. As much as maybe they don't, you know, put up a you know, crazy amount of points. Guess what? Aaron Donald, everyone says the best defensive player in the league. He had no sacks. He had five. He, I think, he had five tackles and one quarterback hurry. That's 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 mid. That's that's nothing. Jalen Ramsey, most people would say, is the best corner in the league. They did all of that. They didn't target him once. He did not receive a single pass thrown his way and they still moved the ball. They took him out of the game. And then the only time he was really in the game was when he uh, Debo broke that tackle. So, yeah. And if you look at the PFF numbers, I mean, the Niners are I have it right here, Lair. I don't know if you can see it, but they're rated. Their defense is rated at an 88. The next defense is the Eagles at 75. Wow. Yeah, it illustrates
0: where they sit in the league and and also give Kyle um, credit for keeping them off balance You know, yeah. the Niners entered week four as a 55 45 run pass team they run 55% of the time they pass 45% of the time but in this game against the Rams 22 runs 27 passes and they carved them up they let Jimmy carve them up they put the ball in Jimmy's hands they trusted him and mo- most importantly you said it already I'll just kind of piggyback it but the real part about the real uh frustrating part about the denver loss was the lack of offensive rhythm and what they did in this game was they found jimmy a rhythm as a passer so i i think that's going to benefit them going uh, straight ahead against carolina this week absolutely
1: all right now i think we're gonna we're gonna throw to the interviews then we're gonna come back and we have two more segments we have one segment where we're gonna just run down the league and just cross teams off as super bowl contenders because you know it's been four weeks and you can start to actually have some takes and i I think there's a lot of teams you can just cross right off and then uh, lastly we're gonna finish up with uh you know preview the game of course All right, welcome back to the Tales from the Bay
0: podcast. Larry Kruger, Ryan Smith, talking Niner football. And we were in the locker room this week, and we caught up with several guys. It's always good to talk ball with Mike McGlinchey. Uh, I think Mike's, you know, one of the better interviews on the team and a guy who, uh, you know, as soon as we started talking to him, a horde of media gathered around. But here's Mike McGlinchey from inside the Niner locker room. We're here in the Niner locker room with Mike McGlinchey and um, obviously great win against the Rams. You guys seemingly have their number. Nobody seems like does a, as good a job as you guys seem to do against their D-line and against Donald. There is no secret. I know you guys are going to play him again, but what can you t- what can you share with us? I
2: mean, what, Why does the plan seem to work against Donald? He always seems like he's neutralized to some degree. Um, well, I think it starts with our coaching staff. I think they do a great job preparing us. They do a great job game planning this whole thing and to where they can't get tips of where we're going and how we plan on blocking their front. Um, And I think we've had a lot of great players here over the years that have taken advantage of the opportunity to go up against the best in the world. And, um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun over these last couple of years to watch these guys get challenged, and, and especially the two new guys we have, or three new guys we have playing inside with Aaron, you know, Spencer and Jake, and the challenge that they had stepping up to to, to block Aaron and and the and the rest of the gang over there, um, and they did a great job. And it's a it's a it takes all all of us to to be able to do that, and it takes uh, the ones that aren't. Um, you know, on the double teams or sliding to Aaron to, to win their one on one matchups, which is which has been huge. I think that's allowed us to do a lot of great things. Is because it, where we need to be perfect, we have been, and um, and and it's been a, given us a lot of chances to succeed.
0: You know, nobody. You know, you get to week six or seven or you know, middle of the season, everybody's hurting. How do you how, you play a lot of games where you're hurting? So obviously you just got to play through that right I mean I I saw the first play of the game first play of the season in Chicago it seemed like you almost got rolled up on from behind um, but I mean there's plays where it's like you know it's like wow I mean you probably got all kinds of maladies going playing with pain is that something as a pro that you just you have to adjust to or uh, is it just part of the you know life in the NFL
2: I mean how would you describe the injury factor in trying to go about doing what you do yeah I think it's just an occupation hazard of playing offensive line. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any real secret behind it. But it's not just the pros. You've had to play through pain at every level. Um, you know, as long as your legs are moving and you're and you can, you know, nothing's falling off your arms, you should be all right. So um, yeah, it's just it's just a mindset. It's just understanding what our position brings and the attitude that you have to bring to it, and um, and fighting through the nicks and bumps that that you get along the way. And obviously, there's certain things that that you can't play through and that... that. Go really wrong, but um, for the most part, yeah, you just gotta kind of bite the bullet and go.
1: I can relate playing through these hand cramps right now. <laughs> holding up uh, I was gonna ask, just building on that, I, is there something like, is there like a technique to like falling down, like as an offensive lineman? Because I seriously, every time you guys like, if there's you know, run into the middle and then all of a sudden bodies are falling, knees are going left and right, I'm always like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Geez. So
2: the only the advice that I've always gotten and and kind of. The way you have to do it, if you ever feel pressure Uh around feet, ankles, knees, whatever, Uh the trick is to just go limp. Okay. Because um, if you ever feel pressure, you just let go because the the way the injury happens is if you're stuck in the ground and your knee's not giving out. So if you just give in to the pressure, you got a better chance. Okay. Um, Not guaranteed success rate, but that's kind of how the vets that I was around early kind of always taught me. Good to know. How about uh, types of edge rushers? I mean, this league's every week there's
0: somebody premier. Brian Burns is big, big time. The other kid from Penn State's a bigger bodied guy. Would you rather go up against the guy with the lightning first step where you just, he's going to challenge you to get out of your stance correctly? Or would you rather go for the bigger, would you rather block the bigger bodied guy, the 280, 290 guy who's, you're going to maybe
2: have to, he's going to bull rush a little bit more and you're going to have to anchor? Well, I don't think there's a specific type that you like going up against either way. Um, it all depends on the skill level of the guy across from you yeah. um, and how they use those traits that they were born with or um, to their advantage and um, I don't think there's a specific uh, type of body or rusher that I would prefer either way if a guy's a good rusher he's a good rusher and you can identify try to how to, how to beat them um, just by watching tape and the cut ups do you like like
0: do you take a Brian Burns cut up film and and pour through it in the evening or
2: is that do you try to leave your work here and at when you get poem and you're like you know what i'll rather watch netflix no that doesn't happen not at this <laughs> level um you, you never your mind's really wow. never off of it right. um even most of the time in the season if i do put on netflix it's your background noise while i'm watching tape so um it's it's nice that i play in the era in which i do and that you can take your work home with you so you don't feel as though you're abandoning you know my fiance or um, other people mm-hmm. their wives and kids um but no you're you're constantly watching film and whether it's Practice from the from that day and watching yourself, or just watching you know um, what the guy across from you is going to do that that week. Um, yeah, you're watching. I'm watching film from sun up to sundown. Yeah. So it really
1: is like that because I, I mean, as an outside perspective, I would always like to think, oh, they're just bsing. Like you know, oh, it's okay if I watch Netflix for four hours. Oh, there's no way these guys actually are just watching tape around the clock. So it really is like that. Like you
2: just have yeah. To I mean, be- you take breaks to eat and talk and check in with your fiance. Or girlfriend or wife, or anything like that. Obviously, it's not like suffocatingly sure. around, but um, yeah, you, you have to because everybody's a pro and everybody's watching everything, and, and um, you can't leave a stone unturned with the guys that are as good as they are. What's essential to your prep because I mean
0: I know you guys have meetings Forster's got talking points uh, you've got cut up films but what like if you had a real time crunch what's what do you view as the essential part of your prep every week where you just you can cut other things out maybe but you cannot cut this out
2: um, I don't think there's anything that you can really cut out because I, I, the way I've always done it, and the way I've had success, is by the routine that you get in. Um, it's just having your time frame, having your ability to, you know, check your boxes each way, and, and stay within, you know, your framework of, of how you work. And whether it's Wednesday, it's you know base base down and distance, and and seeing how they play in the run game. Or Thursday night, it gets a little bit more pass heavy because third down goes in. Um, those are the kind of things that you. There's no there's no just leaving something free because of time crunch. You make time you know that's what our job is after Debo uh, broke Jalen's ankles there I saw you running down a little Twitter video said something to him he pushed you away not at all that's gonna (laughs) stay on the white lines yeah it was just uh you know it was a fun moment um Debo's an unbelievable player it set it set the tone for the rest of the game and you know just saying something on the battlefield that's all it is how does Burns look to you on film? Um, he's a great player. You know, he's, he's very multiple in how he rushes. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's a big, long guy. Um, I haven't gotten all the way into it yet, but he's a he's a great guy, a great player, and um, he's had a lot of success in this league for for a reason. And so um, he's going to be a big challenge for us, um, and and certainly for the tackles. But um, you know, just work as we always do, and, and uh, identify the best way to block him. And that's a uh, that's all you can do. Yeah, thanks for the time. Yep.
0: As I said, maybe the player of the week on the defensive side of the ball this week was Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw is absolutely spectacular. We caught up with him this week as well. All right, we're here in the Niner locker room with Dre Greenlaw. Dre had a terrific game. You were flying all over the place. Uh, One of your best games as a pro? Uh,
3: uh, I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) You don't rank them? No, I don't rank (laughs) them. Well, talk to us a little bit about about how you felt about the uh, performance, because I think you had
3: like 15 tackles. There was like 11 solo. Uh, You were flying all over the field uh i mean just felt really good you know what i mean just had confidence in the game plan and just went out there and executed just play hard you know for my team Yeah, Carolina this week. How's what are they looking like on film to you? Uh, I mean, they look like a decent ball team. Uh, Made a few mistakes that's costed them a couple games, but uh, they can eliminate some of those mistakes. They look like a really good football team. Yeah, as far as uh, in season, out of season,
0: is your prep the same? Like, do you do you you lift the same amount of weights in season, or more, or
3: less in season? Uh, I normally try to stay around the same. I mean it's kind of hard just to maintain, you know, the full strength during the season, but uh, I got a, a certain level that I want to get to that I have to live past and I just try to go from there throughout the season. Afonga's
0: making a nice impact for you guys on the back end and having big pick 6. That was a huge huge play in the game. What do you, give me your thoughts I and mean, your your you share a locker pretty much from next door neighbors. Uh what's a, what's it like seeing this kid emerge because fifth round
3: pick and now he's Showing that he might be a star, no doubt. Uh, I mean, I love seeing it just this growth from his rookie year to now. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that he, he loves the film, loves the loves the game of football, and uh, you can tell that he's, he's eager to you know show what everybody can show what he can do, and he's been doing that. So uh, just to see his growth, you know, and just see how poised he is, uh, just been how young he is, and seeing his dedication. Man, it's gonna be fun to watch him play in the next couple of years for sure.
0: Do you have a rivalry with Fred and Naziz? and the other guys in your room because there's so much talent in your guys' room. Um, obviously, you're working together, but, I mean, every one of you guys could be pro-bowl or all-pro players. Is there you get a rivalry at all in the room, or could competition at all head hit
3: it? Nah, it ain't no competition. We got each other's back, so, I mean, we all want to eat. We all want to see each other eat, but it ain't no, like, I got to get more of this or that, like, whoever... Like we're all going out to eat, like whoever the ball going to, he going to have the most tackles in the game. So, um, I mean, we feed off each other for sure, but nah, I've never felt like it was no robbery or anything like that. I think you got one of the better position
0: coaches in the game in Johnny Holland. I loved watching Johnny at A&M years ago, way before your time. <laughs> but what, what kinds of things does Johnny impart to you? Obviously, he's got
3: a wealth and wealth of knowledge about playing linebacker. Uh, not only just the wealth of knowledge but just uh the way that he coaches, you know, just uh very uh, positive, positive teacher so um, you know as a, as a player as a student of the game when I mean, you got somebody that can just you know really break it down to you and really you know help you understand the, the fundamentals of it uh, and that can just uh, you know and just encourage you and feed you positivity throughout the whole process you know it makes it makes it uh, a lot easier to go play ball and play hard for somebody like that
1: Hey Dre I'm stoked for you that you got that extension does it, does it feel like are you able to kind of play a little more free? Free, knowing that you're you No, know, nah, I ain't up. got
3: no money yet, man. <laughs> it's still, in the, it's still in, the, it's in the works right now. So when I get that money, I might be a little free, but I ain't <laughs> got nothing <laughs> no, Hey, last
0: one I get free. Uh This is a really good defense. Jimmy hasn't even played. Verrett hasn't even played. But you guys are good on all three levels. Do you feel like this might be the best defense you've been a part of? You've been a part of some good ones, but now with Mooney Ward coming over
3: here, it seems like you guys are i taking it to a different level. Yeah, I mean, it's I it's I hard to say, you know, what's the best defense. You don't know that until the end of the year. That's when it all matters. But uh, I mean, just having guys like that, though, in the back end, uh, it helps to be able to play fast and just knowing that they're gonna make plays. Man, it it definitely uh, helps the game. Yeah. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Thanks. This team.
0: Well, who are we going to see at running back this week? Are we going to see Tevin Coleman? Uh, the 49ers picked up the veteran running back. Shanahan knows him well. And we caught up with him this week in Santa Clara and talked a little bit about his second stint with the 49ers. Sorry, we were in the Niners locker room with Niners running back Tevin Coleman and Tevin on his uh, second stint with the 49ers. Uh, it's, it's like old home week. You're back. Oh, yeah, definitely back,
4: man. The, the, the vibe is good between the police. Players and the coaches, everybody's just happy to, to see
0: my face and to have me back. Now, obviously, Kyle trusts you a lot, and and that's that's yeah. going to make you feel good knowing that there's a trust there. Because I mean, it's important that you trust your running backs because pass protection's huge. Oh yeah, definitely. The
4: trust between uh, me and Kyle is it's always going to be there. You know what I'm saying? He's a great coach and he finds ways to to get his players better and to get his players into space to to, to make
0: plays. Now you're a Hoosier and and Marcy Selena McCrary ball on the other side of the locker rooms a Hoosier, but you guys didn't play together I would imagine, you were there first Do uh, you guys talk any Hoosier
4: ball at all? Oh yeah, definitely, when he went, when he first uh, seen me, he came up to me it was like, man, I was a Hoosier man and um, you know what I'm saying uh, just watching you and, and, and seeing your success just, just inspired me, so just hearing that is is, is is amazing.
0: You know Jeff Wilson well from your previous stint what do you think of the job he did Monday night against the Rams?
4: Oh yeah, and you know you know what I'm saying he's been doing 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 amazing he's been doing an amazing job that's my boy and um I'm I'm, I'm so happy for him you know what I'm saying uh when I got here he was a he was a young guy so he was still learning learning everything and now he's a grown man and running
0: that ball so how's how's it feel as far as um you know pass protection's huge mm-hmm. what you know who taught you the nuances of of being a great pass protecting running back is that something that you learned in college or here
4: um definitely uh definitely learning in college with with, with my coach Coach, um, Dylan McCullough and then coming to the NFL with Bobby T um, definitely those two guys they they, they really helped me and in, in, in the pass game run game really everything so
0: Bobby T is like so respected in here what tell us about Bobby T why, why is Bobby T so respected he, he seems like when he talks whatever he says people just they heed his advice
4: yeah, yeah definitely Bobby T he's a great great amazing guy a great amazing coach you know what I'm saying he's he's, he's coached the the greats so you know what I'm saying just listen to him and um, following his word is is, is is everything to me because he did it for so long and he coached backs that had success in the league. So um, just coming from him, uh, he's an amazing coach.
0: When you watch film like Carolina, let's say getting ready for next week, what do you hone in on? What do you want to look at? Are you looking at backers? Are you looking at blitzes? What what exactly do you want to do? You want to watch? Yeah,
4: but they're, they're they're a very good defense um, with create turnovers and their D line and their backers and their secondary so um, we definitely have to be on our game um, and things like that so uh, just to get after those guys
0: you got a lot of young guys in this room do, now do you look at yourself you were the young guy in the room and now you're the veteran guy in the room mm-hmm. you look at JP and some of these guys and and uh, tell them to hey maybe maybe talk less and listen more or what's what's your message or how do you help the young guys get better um,
4: you know what I'm saying in this offense we, we just got to hone on on to our details because they Cal uh, has the backs in all type of positions to uh, create space and things like that so um, what I tell the young guys just just hone on Onto on the
0: details and, and everything will take care of itself. Yeah, is is the NFL more of a mental grind or is it more of a physical grind? I mean, do you guys feel obviously there's a, it's physical, but yeah. but the mental part of the game is probably almost equally as difficult. Oh
4: yeah, definitely. The physical part is, is going to be there. You know, the physical part is going to be there, but the mental part of this game is is, is everything. Knowing knowing the game plan well and uh, knowing that is, is is very key and. Um, and having consistent consistency and just being in the league for a long time is those mental details. Now, where did you grow up? What part of the country are you from? Um, you know what I'm saying? My parents, they're from Africa. They're from Liberia, but I grew up in Chicago. Bears fan as a kid? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a Bears fan, a Walter Payton fan. So.
0: A Walter Payton fan? Do you ever, ever get a chance to meet
4: Sweetness? I never got a chance to meet Sweetness. Rest in peace, Sweetness. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? I love watching them, and I love just seeing clips on YouTube of them. So...
0: Who's one is there? Is there anybody in the league that, now that you like watching? Um, I like
4: watching Chubb, <laughs> Nick Cleveland. Chubb. Yeah, definitely. Just the way he runs so hard. You know, what I'm saying I like watching a lot of guys. I like watching A.K. Alvin Kamara in the pass game. So it's just a lot of couple guys I watch. You know, what I'm saying I watch uh, McCaffrey too in the pass game and a run game. So
0: yeah, what do you think of McCaffrey? Obviously, the, it's not your job to rein him in this week, but he's a talented player.
4: Oh yeah, definitely. He's very talented. Run game pass game just everything he 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 does is is, is, is very high level so hey,
0: good luck sunday thank you i appreciate it tevin coleman appreciate you Welcome back to the Tales from the Bay podcast. I'm Larry Kruger. He's Ryan Smith. And in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about how we are only one month into the NFL's regular season. We're in, heading out of week four and into week five. And how many true Super Bowl contenders are really left in the NFL after simply one month of football. And, you know, Ryan, my my you know, first thought on this before we go into the teams around the league uh, is that it's only a handful of teams. I would say it's definitely less than ten teams in the league um, that have a chance to win the Super Bowl after one month.
1: Yeah, no, I the thing about this segment is. You know, if you told me, I mean, if we did this last year at this time, you know, I would have said, you know, no chance, Bengals, come on, like, no, no chance. But, I mean, it just goes to show you that, I mean, there's years where, like, Blake Bortles could have won a Super Bowl, like, if things broke right. So, um, you know, as long as they have, like, you know, a, it could be a crazy scenario that, that results in them winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, we're gonna, we're not gonna be like super critical here on these teams, but, um, it's a good way of just being like, all right, you know what? Uh, there's really only this many teams that we should be paying attention to a whole lot. You know, everybody else, uh, you know, I know we all had hope going into the year, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's not happening.
0: Well, let's just go right down the list. We'll start in the AFC and the AFC East. I, I think there's two Super Bowl contenders in this division, and that's the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. I think those two teams have a very good chance to win the Super Bowl, um, and some people would be surprised by the fact that I would throw the Dolphins in that mix, but the Dolphins have a ton of team speed, and I think they've got a pretty good coach. A little bit of an underrated defense, um, and they can they can score. They can score, and they have some mismatches. So, I don't think they have a gr- the Dolphins have a great chance at the Super Bowl. But I think Buffalo, you'd say right now, is the favorite in the AFC, uh, and I'm giving Miami a chance. But what that also means is. I'm not giving any chance to Mac Jones' Patriots or to uh, Zach Wilson and the New York Jets.
1: You mean Bailey Zappi's Patriots? That's right, (laughs) Bailey Zappi's Patriots. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. and I think maybe the way we do this is just like if we, we both have to agree that that team can't can't make it. Cause maybe, you know, you probably have like one hot take that I don't agree with. I probably have one hot take. Maybe you don't agree with, but yeah, I think you got to say dolphins. Also, we haven't seen enough, you know, we haven't seen enough. It looks really good so far. It'll be interesting to see Bridgewater, but um, yeah, it's going to, I, am going to need, you know, five, six more weeks before I can really get a, a definitive feel on this dolphins team. So yeah. All right. Patriots, you, you're you out of here. We, we haven't quite come up with a catchphrase for it. You fired?
0: <laughs> you fired. Patriots next week, as, you know, Belichick's always saying Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, on to Cincinnati. On to 2023. On to
1: 2023. <laughs> All right, Jets, uh, it's fun. You know, I think you'll have a good year. Zach Wilson will be exciting. No. Sorry. All right, let's jump to the AFC North. Ooh, and this is I, an interesting one. This is an it interesting is. one. So I'm going to put a line through the Steelers with
0: Kenny Pickett. I just think the Steelers have a lot of problems, and Pickett, you know, as a first-year starter, I'm going to put a line through the Browns, even though Deshaun Watson's coming back. And I'm going to put a line through the Bengals. Ooh, um, I don't really believe in the Bengals this year. Um, I've seen the Bengals struggle and um I, I i'll give baltimore a shot but realistically i don't think any team in this division has a chance to go to the super bowl i'll give you ravens and i'll fight you on the other three
1: yeah it's like i picked the ravens before the season their defense doesn't look very good but however i mean there's just not that many great teams this year and if for example, let's say Buffalo's defense keeps getting more depleted and then all of a sudden it just turns into, you know, Lamar Jackson v. Uh, Josh Allen and, and, you know, anything could happen. We just saw last week. So I will hate to be this guy. I mean, it's good that you're getting these, these, uh, you're, you're establishing these takes. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to veto, uh, Bengals and Browns. I just, ha- you know, I got to give. Got to give the Bengals a little bit of respect. I'm not saying that next week they won't be a cross-off. This week's going to be very telling. Bengals versus Ravens. If the Bengals come out and beat the hell out of the Ravens, all right, now we're cooking. Uh, if they get dominated by the Ravens and Joe Burrow gets sacked 72 times, uh, <laughs> I may be agreeing with you. And then the Brownies... uh this is a tough one because I do truly believe that Deshaun Watson's going to come back. And if he comes or if he comes back and that's a big if, honestly, it's going to be it's going to be messy. It's going to be weird. We don't know how good he's going to be. But I kind of like this Browns team. I'm betting them pretty big versus the Chargers this week. Uh, and then maybe that's more about the Chargers. But I think that I mean, this Browns. The Browns' offense is really good. Their coaching's really good. Chubb and Hunt are freaking unbelievable. Uh, Brissett is, you know, he's he's just he's. I mean, at least he's not Matt Ryan. That's that's what Brissett is. He's not Matt Ryan. So I, I I'm gonna hold. That's another one. If they get blown out by the Chargers at home, could be talked into it next week. So it looks like AFC North. Uh, after all of that, Steelers are the only ones crossed off.
0: Okay, all right, all right I'm gonna go, let's jump to the AFC South. Um, it's the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Titans. The Jaguars have gotten off to the best start. Um, the Colts, I think have been the NFL's most disappointing team. Uh, Tennessee is interesting, but the the loss of AJ Brown has made them a lot less dynamic as an offensive team, um, and the Texans are really playing for the future. I don't think any of the teams in this division have a chance to win the Super Bowl, to be honest. I like what Jacksonville is building, but they're not ready. And um, and the Colts, you know, if they had gotten off to a hot start,
1: I guess you could have convinced me that maybe with Matt Ryan. And <laughs> By some- the way, Matt Ryan, once again, third and 10, just got sacked for the Matt Ryan looks really, really time. bad.
0: Matt Ryan looks like he's, you know, gotten old. Um, so to me they went with the wrong quarterback and you know the culture are an interesting team I mean uh, Darius Leonard maybe as good as any linebacker Jonathan Taylor maybe as good as any running back Quentin Nelson probably the best guard in football but those aren't premium positions they have great players at non-premium spots and Uh, To me, the Colts went with the wrong quarterback. So you got Davis Mills, you got, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence in the future, um, Tannehill, but I think, you know, ultimately Malik Willis is going to wind up taking over that job. And then, you know, you got the Colts with Matt Ryan. So I don't think there's a team in that division that's going to win the uh, Super Bowl this year. So... 0 for 4. Bye bye Texans. Bye bye Colts. Bye bye Jags. Bye bye Titans.
1: Okay, so this just shows how stupid I am, and how like you know week to week everything is. I was holding out a dusting, a dusting of hope for the Colts. I would have argued this if we shot this before the Thursday night game. It's currently six to nine in the third quarter, and I mean, in in October fashion, this is a horror movie of a of a <laughs> of a game. And Matt Ryan, I mean, he looks like he's going to die on every sack. And and it's just, I, I can't believe, I don't know anything about the offensive line, but I just can't believe that it's all on the offensive line. And the way that the Atlanta is now kind of moving the ball without Ridley, and they've got Mariota, and it's kind of just like, oh, wow. Matt Ryan is, he's cooked. He's absolutely cooked. And uh, I would have said that the Colts had a chance because they started slow last year. It's over. It's, there's not a single one of these guys in the division I'm gonna fight, Yon Lair. This is...
0: Well, I mean, the Colts. We were. I think we were all fooled by the Colts. Why? Yeah. Because last year they were an incredible team as far as turnovers. They produced thirty-three turnovers last year, and I think it kind of camouflaged their weaknesses because coming into Week Four, um, the Colts had had only only gotten three turnovers. They'd only forced three to- turnovers thus far. That's the worst number in the league. So you knew that t- turnovers have a chance have a tendency to kind of even out over time. And we're seeing that this year, last year, they were the best this year. They're the worst. And it's made all the difference in the world for Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. The football gods were like, all right, plus 33. uh, That's not going to cut it. We're going to give you Matt Ryan. And what what do you say about third, you know, three quarters of the way through the, what is this week? Week five through the fifth game of the season. Matt Ryan has fumbled the ball 10 times.
0: That's just, matt ryan matt ryan was a really bad pickup by chris ballard and it set this team back um and there's no way to get around it i mean you can get around it by moving to somebody else next year but you've pretty much tied your season to a declining veteran quarterback who no longer really has it so uh sadly it's gonna be a long year for indianapolis yeah
1: and you know we we don't want to you know, we don't want to make fun of appearances or anything. Matt Ryan's a great-looking guy, but Larry and I were both talking, and it's like, you know, he just looks like he looks whatever Brady. He he's got he's on like the opposite thing of Brady. He's got like the leathery face of a of a waitress that's you know sixty years old in Tahoe working at a breakfast <laughs> place, and and he just he just looks old he looks washed he looks uncomfortable he's blaming people it's unfortunate cuz it's like damn they have weapons man they've Jonathan Taylor they've Pittman was was really came on last year i mean i'm like the you know I've been pounding the table for Alec Pierce. I, I, I'm so disappointed that Green Bay took Christian Watson instead of Alec Pierce. Like, I feel like he would have been the, he would have been Jordy Nelson 2.0 for, for, for Rodgers. But unfortunately, this is just a poo poo bowl of a division once again. And I'm sure, I feel like every Thursday night has something is like some form of Jaguars, Texans, or Colts, you know, it's, it's, it's brutal. So, all right. Well. Uh, see you next year, AFC South. All
0: right, let's jump to the AFC West. And if you had asked me three weeks ago, I would have said Chiefs and Chargers, but now I'm just going to say Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos, you know, Russell Wilson going there, but I mean, it's got you got a first year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they've got a nice, uh, you know, edge rusher in Bradley Chubb. They got a true number one corner in Patrick Sertan, but Russell's gotten old. And, you know, Denver, you know, he doesn't look like Russell of old. Uh, Denver, you know, it's like Seattle's going to miss Russ more than Denver's going to benefit from having Russ. And I so I, I don't think Denver's a Super Bowl team with a first-year head coach. Uh, the Raiders are definitely looking flawed. And even though the Chargers initially look good uh jc jackson nick bosa i mean those are are, um, slater i should say joey bosa joey bosa and jc um, jackson are you know they're arguably their best guy up front and their best guy on the back end and both those guys are hurt and slater and Rashawn Slater, their star left tackle from Keenan Northwestern. Keenan Allen's banged up. Keenan Allen's coming back. But, I mean, I think the Chargers are, have enough serious injuries. And Brandon Staley is not an NFL head coach um i i just i really am not impressed by brandon staley um i think he goes for it too much on fourth down i think just think the chargers are one of those tease teams they've got some great talent they'll be a really attractive team in the off season if they fire brandon staley and they're trying to attract uh, <coughs> sean, off, payton, sean, yeah, sean payton or some other head coach i think if i'm a young head coaching prospect i'd like to go there but too many injuries, and they're just not ready to go. And the Chiefs, to me, look like outs- an outstanding Super Bowl contender. Everybody else looks like a total pretender with no chance. Uh, and I, I like Herbert, but I think I think to some degree, Herbert may be a little bit overrated.
1: I, I mean, I, I I tend to agree a little bit. I, I don't really know. He's one of those guys, it's like, I feel like everyone wants to make excuses for him because you watch him on tape, and it's just so unbelievable. But um, I mean, I, it's hard to blame him. I, I blame Staley. Staley. Staley's supposed to be a defensive guy. They have the most stars in the entire league on defense. And granted, there's been injuries, but there's zero toughness on that team. There's zero toughness on that defense. Their defense was not good last year. And I mean, Herbert. It's 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 insane. It's literally like they were cursed. It's like they were cursed. The Philip Rivers era it's not over the 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 chargers are going to win us back at some point this year and we're all going to somewhat believe and it's it's just not going to happen but you know i i am really low the chargers are are on thin ice with me i think that the browns are going to win this week and if that happens chargers are done for now i got to push back a you know just just for you know it is week four i mean who knows Herbert could be incredible i I, I don't know i, I got I gotta push back on that a little bit Raiders are done I'm sorry Raiders are done uh Broncos Broncos Broncos
0: uh then I win the Super Bowl I mean not Nathaniel Hackett is just figuring out how to
1: how to be an NFL head coach i don't I don't see them winning the Super Bowl I mean it, it just comes down to the question is there a chance that Russ returns to Russ it, I mean, come on, Russ. Like, what? What is this? Is their defense is great? Like, they're they missing people and they're holding every team down. They held down the Niners. They're holding. I mean, making the Colts look like uh, the worst team in the league. But my God, the Colts I mean, are not not that far away from being. Yeah, they might the not be. The they league. might not be. Um, all right, you know what? <sighs> pains me to do it, but you're you know, and I, I feel like I can only take one of the Chargers or Broncos, and I'll keep the Chargers. Thin Ice, Broncos, you advance. All right, let's jump from the AFC to the NFC. And Oh, wait, wait sorry, sorry. I said Broncos advance. Broncos, see you in 2023. Okay so you're you, just Chargers and Chiefs I'm okay, saying Okay
0: you're you're giving Chargers still a shot I'm yeah. saying just Chiefs All right let's jump to the a- NFC East this might be the worst division in pro football
1: I don't um, know I don't know like I, that's what well, I, would I mean think too I mean then, the New York
0: Giants are a bad football team Bad really bad one of the worst um, 3 and 1 teams
2: Yeah in I mean, modern they're
0: memory. they're bad I mean they got a first year head coach I like Brian Daboll I think Daybull is going to turn things around there I like the Giants uh, you know going forward, but this isn't their year. Their offensive line's bad, the quarterback's bad, the defense doesn't have enough. Um, there's some injuries, they just lost Sterling Shepherd for the year. Kadarius Toney's hurt. Kenny Galladay probably is nowhere close to the player he was in Detroit. He may get traded. I just think that um, the New York Giants are a they're a bad football team. The Commanders have taken a step back as well. Um, you know, they've got some nice pieces on the defensive side, and, you know, they, they're, they've they're they even got some nice young offensive players. Brian Robinson out of Alabama is a nice running back. When he get, you know, he's recuperating from being shot, but once he gets back on the field, I think Brian Robinson will be good. Jahan Dotson might be the best rookie receiver. Um, he looks really, really good. But they're not Samuel a, McLaurin. They're right. not a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they're just not. I mean, Carson Wentz, he's, he makes crucial mistakes, and they're just not. They're just, the, you know, if Brian Robinson stepped in and was a dominating running back, maybe. But no, um, I think Washington's building. So now Giants gone, Commander's gone. Eagles are the only undefeated team. They've added A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts is playing at a really high level. They added Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the back end of their defense. Um, They've got a pretty good defense on all three levels. I say the Eagles undoubtedly are a Super Bowl contender, but I'm going to say they're the only Super Bowl contender in this division. I don't really believe in the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys can put a lot of rush on you. There's no doubt about that. They can sack the quarterback, DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons. They can heat it up quickly on the quarterback so if you if they separate from you on the scoreboard and you you know don't have the run available and play action pass or play action fakes are not they're not buying any of those play action fakes and it's just jailbreak on your quarterback dallas at times can look like a super bowl contender but they're a bully if you if if you stand up to them make them play the run You can easily beat them the Cowboys are giving up over five yards per carry and you know the way you win the Super Bowl is you run the ball and you stop the run Uh, they can't stop the run so to me Dallas is not really a Super Bowl contender I think Dallas has done some really nice things personnel wise and they may be a year away from being a Super Bowl contender but it ain't this year. You have to be able to stop the run to be a legit Super Bowl contender, and they can't. So I'd say Philly's the Super Bowl contender in that division, and everybody else is on the outside looking
1: in. Okay, I agree with you about the Giants. I agree with you about the Commanders, Cowboys. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a tiny, tiny, tiny like like bit of slack because you know what? I mean, I think I picked the Rams and Survivor. But if they beat the Rams this week, all of a sudden they're 4-1. and one. Then they have the Eagles. You know, th- there's a possibility where, you know, they have a nice seed in the playoffs. And if Dak comes back, I'm just saying there's a world. There's a point zero for chance uh, it, worse than the Bengals had last year but you know what the nfc is not that great so if brady has some weird bizarre meltdown and rogers never gets the offense going and jimmy g gets hurt and jalen hurts gets hurt maybe maybe so i'm gonna say giants are dead commanders are dead cowboys are uh, on life support
0: yeah i mean dallas has given up 20 20- 10 yard runs in the first four games Um, and the Eagles in their own division run it really well. So that's my, that's my one thought on Dallas. Let's jump to the NFC North and this is another team. There's another division, I should say, with only one Super Bowl team, and that's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Not Justin
1: Fields. Uh, Justin
0: one? Fields is, you know, the Bears have just a, they're setting offensive football oh, back every oh, Sunday. Oh my
1: God. That's what I was, I was telling Larry that next week's going to be even worse, but I couldn't remember who it was. It's Commanders Bears. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. That's On so Amazon brutal.
0: next Thursday. But, the, you know, the Bears are a horrendous offensive team. Uh, Detroit is getting a nice little run out of Jared Goff and I think they're on the on the rebound but the Detroit Lions are not winning the Super Bowl, um, and I'm I'm going to say Minnesota's not either. Minnesota's got a, you know a, a nice quarterback who at times can look good, but he's got to prove it in, in the play, in the playoffs. I mean, Kirk Cousins has to win a big game. At this point, I'm in the prove you know prove it to me mode with Kirk Cousins. We all know Jefferson's a terrific receiver, maybe the best in the game right now, and Dalvin Cook's good, and Cousins is is. I think an above average quarterback, but he doesn't win big, big games. So I don't, I'm not overly impressed by green Bay, but they're a little bit improved defensively. Romeo Dobbs has given them a receiver who's, you know, ready to step in and, and looks like he's not going to miss a beat. I think Christian Watson might give them big playability late in the year. You got Aaron Jones there. Uh, Rodgers is still operating at a really high level, and they've got some good athletes on defense. They're the best team in this division, clearly, and because of the presence of Rodgers, they're a Super Bowl contender. But not a not a Super Bowl favorite. No, no. So I'll, I will say the Packers are a Super Bowl contender and the other three teams go away.
1: All right. Um, again, I, I'll push back only on the Vikings in a very similar way to the Cowboys. Just like, you know, they won that week one. I think it was a fluke, but they won week one versus the Packers. So they're three and one. Um you know, there's 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 a world where they end up winning the division, and uh, again, it, it would come down to injuries and other stuff. Bears, e- e- no, no, eh, just just worry about Fields trying to complete more than ten passes a game. Lions, you gotta pick up your defense. The offense is good. The defense is uh, kind of embarrassing for a uh, Dan Campbell defensive led team, but their O line's very improved, so um, they've got weapons, but. So I'm going to push back, all right, bears, lions are dead vikings life support
0: vikings defensively by the way our whole uh, vikings opponents are catching 75 percent of their targeted passes it's the second highest rate in the nfl of the 97 pass completions against minnesota this year 69 have come by receivers who have had, had at least three yards of separation at the time of the throw fourth highest total in the league i just think minnesota is a a Really scary offense that can score thirty, but they're a defense that's taken a step back.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, there, there, there shall be no long shot future made by me, but. I'm just not, you know what, we'll, we'll give, Minnesota's had enough rough luck in, in sports. We'll, we'll let them hang on for one more week.
0: All right, now we get into the NFC South, and this is the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. Um, this, is, this is the interesting quarterback division, in my opinion. The Falcons are going with Marcus Mariota, and he looks pretty good. Uh, the Panthers have gone with Baker Mayfield, and he hasn't. Look good. Horrible. Uh, Jameis Winston has been a week to week proposition with the Saints. Super injured. And then you got Tom Brady, who's forty five years old, uh, trying to throw the ball down the field. The Bachelor. Um, the Bucks and the Saints have championship caliber defenses, uh, but one. I don't, I don't. I don't believe in either team. I really don't. And and you know, I'll. I won't go into the Falcons, Panthers, or Saints. But as far as the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have given up 27 points in the first quarter through four weeks. That's the fourth most in the league. So they're falling behind, and they're playing catch-up. Um, they spotted the Chiefs 14 points in week four and wind up losing that game. So, you know, they there's definitely um, a lot of talent on the Bucs. You know, they've got weapons. They've got a killer defense. Um, you've got some really nice defensive backs on this team, uh, and obviously Tom Brady has been there and done it. But you know what? By the time December rolls around, I don't think the Bucks with a forty-five-year-old quarterback are you know in a downfield passing attack are going to be much. So I'm going to say there's no legit Super Bowl contenders out of this group. Now, I know people would say Tampa, but I don't buy it. I'm not buying Tampa this year as a Super Bowl contender. I think Brady's going to look a lot older as the season goes on. Um, They've had injuries to their Uh, offensive line. Physically,
1: though, he may look younger after the divorce. (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, and the Buccaneers have Devin White
0: on defense. They're pretty good on all three levels. So there's a lot of people that feel like they have uh, an elite defense. I like Bulls. Um, and and there's there's a lot of things to like about about Tampa, but as far as Super Bowl contender, no. I don't I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the Tampa as a Super Bowl contender, and the rest of those teams. Um, I would say absolutely not. I just can't see Jameis playing consistent enough football and not turning it over to get New Orleans there. Um, you know Carolina is going to have a long year with Baker Mayfield, and I think you can probably say the same thing about the Falcons. So the Bucks are going to win the division. Brady's going to wind up in the playoffs. Brady's going to wind up losing in the playoffs.
1: I I agree. Like if I if if they were a stock, I would short the Bucks for sure. Gotta you can't knock them off after week four. Just can't can't yet. Um, I'm, and I'm not saying they're even on life support because you know what they've got it easy. They've got an easy road in the south. And Tom Brady, we saw it last year. You don't want to go against that guy in the playoffs. And who knows? They could end up with like you know playing Kirk Cousins and maybe kind of a banged up Rams team. And uh, I don't know the Eagles with Gardner Minshew, and, and they could just cruise to the Super Bowl. So the Tampa Bay, although I also am down on them, um, you know they, live, they They're gonna they'll be in the playoffs. They're gonna be in the mix. Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Uh, you can go home. That brings us to...
0: That brings us to the NFC West. And in my opinion... The 49ers are the only Super Bowl contender in this division. Now, let's go team by team. I think the Rams are the team that people would say, oh, how can you say the Rams aren't a Super Bowl contender? Because the Rams are really thin. Um, you know, they added Rob. They got rid of Robert Woods. They added Allen Robinson. It's one of those, on paper, it looks like the Rams improved. In reality, the, the Rams regressed. Woods had a great relationship with Stafford, and he had a, an incredible amount of toughness Allen Robinson doesn't look comfortable at all in this offense then let's jump to Seattle I think Seattle is I got a lot of respect for Seattle but you know this year I think Seattle is going with Geno Smith um, and I like some of the things I've seen from Seattle but I don't think they're a championship caliber team offensively or defensively Um, I do like some of the Pieces that Seattle has, as far as you know, pieces to their puzzle. You know they definitely have more pieces to the puzzle than you would think a team like that doesn't have a quarterback would have. Um, but I'll tell you that the team that I really don't believe in is the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have four sacks, fewest in the NFL, and they miss Chandler Jones. They let Chandler Jones get out. And Chandler Jones is a huge impact piece for them. So to not have Chandler Jones, to have you know the controversy surrounding Kyler, um, yeah, they're not looking what they they're not looking as good right now as they will late in the year. To me, if there's one team on this list that I'm saying isn't a Super Bowl contender, that kind of scares me. It's a little bit Arizona, just from the standpoint of I think they will be better. Um, Once they get DeAndre Hopkins back, Hopkins is... What the, the the he's a top five NFL wide receiver?
1: Yeah, and Hollywood's looking great, and if he's facing number two
0: coverages, plus you got two tight ends here. You got Zach Ertz, and you got the kid from Colorado State who was drafted this year. So they've got two, good two tight end set. They got James Connor. They have a back. They got a quarterback. Um, there's some interesting players on defense, including Buddha Baker. Um, but I just think the Cardinals are a bad organization. I think they kind of mishandled the the whole thing with Kyler and then losing Chandler Jones. They lost a lot of teeth uh to their defense. So, I don't bl- I think the Rams are too thin. I think the Cardinals had don't have enough pass rush. Um I think Seattle doesn't have the quarterback and so I like the 49ers as the lone Super Bowl contender. So I don't really have that many Super Bowl contenders to be honest.
1: Yeah, so obviously I got I, you know I'm going to push back just on the Rams, you know, cuz I mean I do think that the Niners are the class of the NFC at this point just their defense is so much better than any other unit. But, you know, and eh, we've seen it with Jimmy G's things could happen, Jimmy could get injured, whatever. Um and you got to give the 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 defending champs, you know, you got to give them a, a fighting and chance and I think that this week will be really telling between the Rams and the Cowboys. Uh, if the Rams blow out the Cowboys, I may take the Cowboys off. If the Cowboys beat the Rams, um, I probably still won't take the Rams off, but I'll, I'll keep the the you know, Cowboys on for a while. So I'm going to push back on that. So then that makes it 49ers Rams. So if there really is not that many, I mean, I feel like I push back on like half of these and we're still at 14, seven in the AFC and seven in the NFC. I'll run through them real quick. AFC East. We've got the bills and the dolphins. I agree with those. AFC North Ravens, Browns, Bengals. So I'm just going Ravens. Just going Ravens South. Nothing. Uh, and then the West, Kansas City and the Chargers. I'm just going Kansas City, so that so I
0: have four contenders in the NFC for the Super Bowl. That's crazy. I, I mean, and you might,
1: I mean, honestly, you're probably right. And then but NFC, 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 um, NFC uh, North or NFC East: Eagles, Cowboys. I just have Eagles, just Eagles. Uh, NFC, uh, wait, oh, NFC North. North: Packers, Vikings. I just have Packers. Uh, <laughs> NFC South: Bucks. I have nobody. And then NFC West, Niners, Rams. I have Niners only. So I'm, I've, got, I've got three
0: Super Bowl contenders in the NFC, four Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. I have a total of seven. That I really believe
1: in. Oh, bad, man. You're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, it's crazy. This, and this is why I wanted to do this exercise. And, like, we can, you know, it, it's not going to take this much time going forward. We just ran through the whole league. But, uh, man, because uh, the thing I don't want to hap- have happen is, and I don't know if there's some sort of punishment possible, but, like, I don't want some team to rip off a bunch of wins and <laughs> then we're like, oh, crap, man. We, we wrote them off in week four. Well, okay. So I would say I've got those seven
0: Super Bowl contenders. And if you said give me a wild card or two yeah I would probably say Arizona the Super Bowl will be in their stadium I'd probably go with Tampa as a a little bit of a wild card and maybe Dallas uh, a little bit of a wild card and Maybe one of Cincinnati or Cleveland. Yeah. Some. Well, maybe I'll say Cincinnati. I'll say because of Burrow. So, yeah. so I'm looking at like seven Super Bowl teams with three to four wild cards. Could be as many as ten or eleven Super Bowl teams. But you're talking about two thirds of the NFL, even in that scenario, um,
1: as being done. And you know this would be a lot more difficult most if, of the season still left to yeah, play. this would be difficult if we if we instead we've changed the parameters to make the playoffs cuz I think there's a million teams that could make the playoffs. It's such a crazy year and there's not that many good teams. I mean the freaking NFC South we have nobody. Uh the NFC South we I mean I defaulting Bucks but like you know really I mean I don't think either of us really believe in them that much. I mean I th- I feel like there's there's like a tier uh there's a tier 1 of bills uh bills chiefs in the afc and then eagles niners in the nfc and it feels like they are both they're all a significant amount more oh my god russell wilson is so bad they could have iced the game there what the (laughs) hell is happening Oh if, you, if you have
0: the under in the Bucks Colts, you're feeling good. Oh, my God. You're oh, feeling okay. good.
1: All right. Over under on how many? Sa- People are going to hear this later, but over under on how many sacks uh, Matt Ryan takes on this final drive. <laughs> Russell, uh, dude. What do you think? I would doing? say two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Oh, my God.
0: He threw it late. His guy was open. He didn't throw it on time. He waited. The receiver was open, and then the receiver oh, had to, had to wait. Oh had to wait gosh. for Russell. The receiver had a step on the DB, but by the time Russell threw the ball, the DB had closed the gap. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it sh- it kind of shows you that the league is – you know, Tom Brady said this week that the league there's a lot of bad football being played. There's a lot of parody, yeah, so there will it will go down um to you know week sixteen and
1: seventeen. oh my God. <laughs> Week 16. Oh, oh, Alec Pierce. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're watching this last drive. Matt Ryan just threw the duck of all ducks, spinning. Oh, it was right, tipped. It was tipped. Oh, it was tipped right into the uh, the defender's hands, and somehow Alec Pierce pulled it out. Oh, my goodness. But it is interesting. There's so many
0: teams that have a chance to make the playoffs, but as far as win the Super Bowl, just a handful of teams, and this is early. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know what's going to be interesting is is will the league will the league flex out playoff teams for Super Bowl teams because there will be lots of playoff teams. Uh, there'll be lots of playoff contenders in the you know the turn for home in the final parts of the regular season. But as far as Super Bowl contenders, teams that you know that people believe could win the championship. I don't think there's going to be that many, so... You know, will they try to flex those teams into the bigger, bigger windows and the bigger matchups national TV wise, or will they be, con- will they be content just having playoff teams that really don't, because there's going to be a number of playoff teams that really don't have any chance of, of, uh, you know, really contending for a Super Bowl. but you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time in the NFL. It's a, it's a top, it's a, it's, there's a lot of parody. A lot oh my God,
1: of- he got stripped again. Oh my! This is just. This is not even football. This is a completely different sport. What is happening? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is just. This is. This is too much. Oh my goodness! This is. This. I. I feel like the Colts are gonna win this game. They're going to drive down, and they're going to just fail forward into a win. Oh, my goodness. Minute left in the fourth quarter. Colts
0: down 9-6 at their <laughs> own 30-yard line uh, with a chance to come back and, you know, potentially kick a field goal and force overtime. Oh, my God. He's hit again,
1: but Pierce has it.
0: And there you go. There you go. Uh, All right. So we have. What else do we have to do here on the on the uh, on the podcast? Because we are done with that segment. But um, good stuff. Kind of an illustration of where the NFL is. Lots of playoff teams. Very few legit Super Bowl contenders.
1: Yeah, and and you know what? One thing I'll do real quick is uh, I think this is another interesting way of looking at. At everything is, uh, of the teams we have left, um, I just wrote out their quarterbacks, So I'm not going to say the team name. I'm just going to say the quarterback. So the teams, so who we have left is Josh Allen, Tua slash Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson, Brissett slash Deshaun Watson, Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert. Okay, that's the AFC. Now the NFC is Hertz, Dak, question mark, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G and Matt Stafford. Just an just an interesting way to to kind of look at things. It's it's uh I mean it's it's a weird year, man. It really is a weird year.
0: Well, and, and you know, I mean, if you go look at quarterbacks and who's won the championship, um, really in the last 30 years, there's only been three kind of middle-of-the-road quarterbacks who have found a way to win a championship. Nick Foles with the Eagles. Um other than that, Brad Johnson with the 0-2 Buccaneers, historically great defense. Trent Dilfer with the two thousand Ravens, historically great defense. So I mean, we're going back, you know, twenty five plus years, and you're talking about three teams with, that haven't had elite quarterbacks or and star Larry quarterbacks. Looks, I mean, looks, maybe you can yeah. throw in Eli Manning, if yeah, you, but I mean, or Eli Manning, oh,
1: they're the borderline.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, maybe Eli Manning and Flacco, if you wanted to throw a couple more guys in there. But both those guys made Pro Bowls. Yeah, you know they were they're pro they were Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. So um, it's going to be interesting to see you know if this you know the 49ers have a historic defense, but they have kind of a middling quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. Are is that going to be enough? Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be the fourth guy? Who kind of wins the Super Bowl because uh, he's got a historic defense and you know it's and he's just kind of not there for the ride, but you know not a star, not How, a superstar quarterback.
1: I'd even throw out. I mean, what here's an interesting thing, and this shows the, kind of the different brands of the AFC and NFC at this point. Um, we we said there's two teams in each division that are far and away above the others. If you just look at their quarterbacks, it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. And it's Jalen Hurts and Jimmy Garoppolo in the NFC. Interesting. Interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, no question. And, and you know, for for Garoppolo, his game plan is going to be don't turn it over. For Jalen Hurts, I think the, the big challenge for him is, is he going to be healthy? You know, they're running him an awful lot. Um, and then when you look at Josh Allen and Mahomes – You know, I mean, it's it's it could come down to injuries. It could come down to the offensive line. Uh, Both those guys, I would say, are very much at the top of their top of their sport, though. And watching Kansas City take uh, Tampa apart, you know, last week kind of shows that. You know, Kansas City's got a lot. They Uh yeah, they lost Tyreek Hill, but they still have a lot. And when you have Patrick Mahomes in his prime and Andy Reid calling plays. You know, that's impressive. Um, the, the question I would have for Buffalo is, you know, they lost Brian Dable, but they still have Ken Dorsey. Is Dorsey going to be able to step up and, and be that outstanding offensive coordinator or the Bills going to regress offensively as the season progresses? That would be something to watch.
1: Absolutely. All right, and with that, I think uh, we're going to take a quick break Um, We're going to get to one of our interviews. And then after that, we're going to come back with a quick preview of week five, uh, 49ers at Panthers, and then uh, call it a day.
0: All right. With no Trent Williams and Brian Burns and the Carolina Panthers up next, guy who's absolutely in the crosshairs this week is Jalen Moore. And uh, we sat down with him this week inside the Niner locker room and talked a little bit about Burns and the matchup ahead.
1: Hey, hey, Ooh. Appreciate you. Damn, I think we got the same carrots in the, uh, <laughs> no, the media room. I think they're, making that,
0: they're making that for everybody today. Yeah. Yeah. All right, get yeah. on this head. All right. all right, we're here in the Niner locker room with Jalen Moore, and, and Jalen stepping in uh, on the offensive line this week. And how does that change your, your week of preparation?
5: Um, I wouldn't say it changes at all. Uh, I think we all come in here with the mindset that we're one snap away from getting on the field. So, I mean, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing. Uh, keeping that same mindset, not changing up a thing.
0: You know, one of the things I liked about you when you came out of Western Michigan, they threw you into the fire, man. You played the entire preseason. I think at right tackle, Do you? Do you I mean, that was great experience. Do you look back at that first camp and think, man, they kind of threw me into the fire, but you kind of proved yourself in those preseason games.
5: Uh, I mean, anytime you step out on that field, I mean, you try to use that as experience and just try to I don't know, fuel, fuel the fire and Just take it and keep trying to learn every snap you take Tell us about yourself, where are you from? I'm from Detroit,
0: Michigan Grew up a Lions fan? Uh, Yeah, I would say so And and then what led you to Western Michigan? Um, Or did you have options? Or is that your choice?
5: Uh, I mean, my my recruiting process out of college was kind of weird But, um, I mean, I was rowing the boat straight out of high school P.J. Fleck recruited me Kind of loved that culture and that program
0: he played here. PJ Flex, former Niner. Um, what what can you learn watching Trent Williams do what he did that you can now utilize and try to you know obviously try to make the best best put your best foot forward.
5: I mean, of course, it's, he does a lot of things that I mean you can't really emulate. But I mean, I try to learn from as much as I can, uh, along with the other guys in the room, just picking up all the pieces that I can from each and every person. On his team.
1: Hey, Larry, we got another reporter here that wants to ask a question. <laughs> yeah.
5: Hey, Mr. Moore. Um, I, I had a quick question for you. Which one you prefer? Cats or dogs? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've had both growing up. Um, I prefer dogs. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. If good you could answer, be, good answer.
3: If you could be Batman or Robin, which one would you be?
5: i like to be Robin. Why is that? I mean, I feel like I stay behind the scenes until I'm needed. I feel like Robin might be a cat guy. (laughs) He might be, man.
0: Hey, talk about Chris Forster. He's he's coaching this league forever. Give me a couple things that that you take away from Forster. Because every time he talks, to me, he's really interesting to listen to. I mean he's
5: a great coach uh i mean everything that comes out of his mouth seems to be knowledge um i mean i i really love the guy he's a great dude uh and everything
0: he teaches is is, is gold yeah how would you evaluate now that you've had a chance to watch the film how would you evaluate the 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 job you did coming off the bench against the rams
5: i mean it's always room for improvement uh my job is just to continue to get better um Pretty much get better, yeah.
0: Yeah. And what do you do like Monday through Friday as far as looking at your opponent? Like Carolina, um, they got a good, real good, strong defensive line. Brian Burns is terrific. Do you watch the cut-up films? Do you watch his takeoffs? I mean, do you hone in on the individual, or are you watching their whole D line? How do you prepare? I mean, yeah, you pretty much create a plan for each rusher
5: that they have, and how you want to how I want to approach it, um, and just kind of watch. Games, tape, run game, pass game, just try
0: to create a plan off of that. You know, that's one I get for you. Uh, when you were in college and you're dreaming the NFL dream, was there somebody that you watched offensive line wise that was in the league to, to try to get better?
5: Um, I'd say I watched a lot of guys, a lot of YouTube, but definitely Trent Williams is up there. Um, and just being able to be on the same
1: side and be able to pick his brain is unbelievable. Uh, okay, my, my question is, and I don't want to create any bulletin board material for the Rams or anything like that, but, you know, it just seems like uh, you guys always do a pretty good job on Donald, as good of a job as you can, you know, in terms of he, you know, I think he had one quarterback uh, hurry, he had, or I mean pressure, and I think, you know, he didn't have any sacks. Like, what, what's the emphasis to keep that guy from getting in the backfield and causing havoc?
5: Um, I mean, everybody pretty much knows around the league that he's a game ricker, so just... I mean, we we usually have a pretty good plan against them, and just executing it is all we really have to do.
0: Hey, thanks for the time. Good luck this week. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jalen Moore. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right, this segment on the Tales from the Bay podcast, starring Larry Krueger and... Ryan Smith uh, we look ahead to the matchup the week five matchup the 49ers in Charlotte taking on Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers right give me your thought what kind of matchup do you think it's going to be what's the key to victory for the 49ers
1: I mean I think there's a reason why we waited this long to even get into the matchup <sighs> uh, if they lose this game I that would be absolutely it would be shocking to me I, it would be it would take maybe Jimmy G throwing four interceptions, not converting a single fourth down. The, this Panthers team is, they're dead. They, they're dead. Matt Rule is a dead man walking. Everyone in the building knows he's a dead man walking. Baker Mayfield knows that he's playing himself out of a starting quarterback career in the league. Um, and this is one of those games where, you know, the Niners already, if they if they get up on you, if they if they score early and they get up on you, it's it's pretty much over with that defense. If the Niners get up early on this Panthers team, uh, it, it could be a complete implosion. I, I think that Baker Mayfield's averaging five batted down passes a game, and uh, oh, and yeah, the Niners have Eric Armstead who's six foot seven and a bunch of big uh, defensive linemen. So, I, th- also here's another stat that I've heard. Uh, I have not like confirmed this myself, but I've heard it on a million shows. The Panthers, under Matt Rule, have not won a game in which the opponent scores more than 17 points.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this this, this game, if they played this game 20 times, I think the 49ers win it like 19 times. Uh, Baker Mayfield is playing bad. I mean, he's playing very poorly he's last in the nfl in uh, qbr leads the league um you know it, it, the, the panthers have the league's worst offense and the 49ers have the top rated defense so i mean um that right there i mean uh, the panthers offensive coordinator is ben mcadoo he has said this week he wants to get the ma- the ball more to their playmakers who are christian mccaffrey and uh, dj moore but ultimately I think this is going to be a, just a bad matchup for Carolina. Uh, You mentioned Mayfield with the batted down passes. Mayfield's about six feet and change, maybe six, one. He's had an NFL high, 11 passes batted down in his face. Um, that's incredible one month of football to have 11 passes batted down I think you're going to see the 49ers you know win this game and win comfortably the 49ers you know um, have done really well in these matchups where they go on the road and they stay on the road uh, they're going to stay on the road following this game um, instead of coming back from the east so they're going to head off to the Greenbrier and West Virginia and then, and then they will play Atlanta in Atlanta uh, the week after but you you know, if you look at when the Niners have done this, the pre the three previous seasons. Um you know, the Niners are seven and one in these games where they stay back east in between. So I just think it's going to be, it's a long business trip for the 49ers. But it's a time for them to bond on the road. Um, and I just think that it's a bad matchup for Carolina. I think 49ers will hone in and do what they need to do to stop Christian McCaffrey. Um, I do expect Carolina to make some, have some success with Baker making some plays to DJ Moore. The key for the 49ers is going to be can the, can the Niners offensively, help out young Jalen Moore against Brian Burns. Burns is is an outstanding edge rusher. He's long, he's fast, he can bother quarterbacks, he can be the equalizer. But they they know that. And they're gonna chip him. Um they're gonna give Jalen Moore help. You know, that's really the key in this game. Can the 49er defense or 49er offense block Brian Burns and prevent huge negative plays. And I'll say it again. I said it earlier. If Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't make multiple significant negative plays, taking sacks, throwing picks, fumbling the football, uh, the 49ers are just too good. So I'm going to say this is going to be a 27-10 49er victory in Charlotte.
1: I Hey, I, I completely agree. I mean, the Panthers' defense is not bad. But you know it's, uh, maybe their strength their defense outside of burns is JC Horn and the 49ers have kind of shown they, they know how to deal with a number one corner. I mean Debo Debo's their best receiver obviously, and he's not even a receiver, but y- you don't really you can't really take him out of the game like sure, you know you can throw JC Horn on Iuk uh, you know the same way Denver threw S- Sertan on iuk. Um, Ramsey was on IUC a lot this last game and they just didn't throw, they didn't throw a single ball towards him. So, I mean, Shanahan knows how he knows what the strength of these defenses are. And I, I fully expect a game plan where Jalen Moore is going to look good and, you know, Hey, hey and we, uh, we caught up with Jalen Moore this week. Uh, you know, I think we're going to be playing this interview right, right after, um, you know it's a it's a big spot for Jalen Moore, but ultimately, I mean that offensive line works so so well together, and um, you know just like the rest of the team and Jimmy Jimmy and the boys. This could have been like a trap spot. Like you could have talked me into, oh well, you know that the, the, the Panthers were in, you know, three of the four of the games, and um, you know this is they're playing for Matt Rule, they're playing for his job. I think they already quit on Matt Rule. I think I think that's pretty much over. I think it's uh, I think the Dream Crusher happened last week, and I think if the Niners get ahead early, it it could be it could get ugly. Um, So yeah, with that, I don't you know six and a half. I'm gonna say the Niners win by seven. They're gonna cover the spread. I'm gonna say that they're they're gonna be really conservative in their game plan though. I think it's gonna be just a lot of clock chewing. I think they're not gonna let Brian Burns get involved in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of screen passes, a lot of running. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they stick with that shotgun set and just do short passes. And they're just going to say, you know what, our defense isn't going to you know, allow the Panthers to score, so let's just take care of the ball, let's run the clock out, and let's just get out of here with a W. We've lost uh, – so historically, Shanahan's been great on the road, uh, just like his father, and they're 0-2 this year on the road. So,
0: well, and then the other factor, too, is that, you know, if um, if Brian Burns is the Panthers' best defensive player, maybe J.C. Horns their second-best defensive player, their third-best defensive player is the safety, Jeremy Chin. Chin's had back-to-back 100 tackle seasons uh, for Carolina, and he's out this week. So they're going to be leaning on Miles Hartsfield and Sean Chandler to fill his spot. And I think Kyle Shanahan will make those guys the conflict defenders, They'll get those guys isolated in space, um, and they'll make plays. Um, You know, Carolina Chin is really a terrific player. I mean, he's a pro-bowl caliber player. He's big, he's physical, he's fast. And to not have him in the secondary, you know, some teams can say, hey, man, next man up. But that's, you know, that's just a reality. There there aren't any excuses in the NFL, but there are realities. And the reality is, if you take Jeremy Chin – out of um, the secondary for for the Panthers, they're noticeably worse. And I think the 49ers will prey on that this week. And I think it'll be a very one-sided 49er victory over and I think also the 49ers kind of understand now what they are on both sides of the ball as a, as, as a team. They know they have a dominant defense and they know if Jimmy can just take care of the football and not make crucial crushing mistakes and huge negative plays, that they're going to win most of those games. And this is a perfect uh, recipe for success in Carolina take care of the football let your defense eat and uh, get back on the plane and head off to uh, the Greenbrier in West Virginia and and get ready for the Falcons
1: absolutely and uh, you know uh, maybe the Falcons game could be a little bit more of a trap game the Niners are two and two yes they had a great victory on Monday night but you know, they're, that's only a week removed from Sunday Night Football where they, you know, Jimmy had a horrible game and whatnot. So I think this team's going to be motivated. They know uh, they can start – they need to start building a little bit of a, a cushion in the NFC West, and as I, I think they will. Um, so I think it's important they take care of the, this game. They take care of uh, the game in Atlanta before the Chiefs roll in. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I just think this team's super together. The one question I have, and this doesn't even relate to them winning or not. I think they win regardless. But do you think that they get Kittle involved purposefully Um, just because, I mean, I know that, I mean, part of me thinks that maybe Burns, because of Burns, they may keep Kittle in to just keep chipping him the way they did, you know, Donald and those edge rushers just to protect more. But I mean, it was pretty clear in the second half. They they ran a play pretty. You know, I think it was the second play of the second half. Um, they they got the kittle the ball. That was his only reception in the game. Um and you know i you mean got to remember this yeah. about kittle
0: kittle has battled a groin problem mm-hmm. all year and if you're a tight end when you're running routes a lot of times you're running in breakers or out breakers and you're planting that outside leg and you're cutting in if you're on an in breaking route you're planting that inside leg and you're cutting out on an outside breaker and it just seems like it puts a lot of stress on the groin so i just think that they're going to play play you know play it easy with kittle uh, not use him in a lot of of pass routes let him stay in and block um and and lean on some of the tight end depth so yeah on paper you would say yeah one of these weeks they're going to get kittle going but because of the nature of the injury that he has and how vital he is Mm -hmm. to their attack uh i'm going to say that he stays kind of still you know underwhelming let's just say production wise from afar
1: i i love that take larry yeah i was talking to our our guy danny uh, and he he's got him in fantasy football, and he was like, "Oh, you know, when do I, you know, do I start Higby instead of him? When do I do I trade Kittle for nothing?" And I told him, "Look, honestly, this might not even be the week for him because it's it's. I feel like they want to get him some love." But it's—I it, just don't think it's the week. I think you're exactly right with the groin and with—I mean—with burns and and whatnot. I think Atlanta is going to be the game where George Kittle breaks out. I think they're the Atlanta's defense is so trash. I, I think that they don't have to worry about you know. I think I think they're going to be fine with just Jalen Moore blocking those guys. So I would predict Atlanta is kind of the breakout for Kittle. Um but if you I'll say it's even yeah. a week
0: longer I, I think it might be Kansas City.
1: Oh you think yeah I'll it might, Kelsey.
0: Be, might be Kansas City. Uh, but, you know, you never know. You never know. They're very deep at that position and um, that nobody's kittle, but um, they can make do with other guys and and utilize some of their other weapons. Um, I'm really interested to see, you know, what Juwan Jennings does. You know, do they use Jennings a little bit more? Do they go three wides and, and flex him out a little bit and, you know, um, use Jennings a little bit in the red zone? Because he looks like... You know, he's playing at a pretty high level right now. So the the Niners have options. I think they figured out their recipe, how they're going to win these games. And now it's about, you know, let's try to keep, you know, let's see if they can keep the Debo's and the Kittles of the world healthy and um, have those guys, you know, prepared to, you know, to play, you know, significant roles in December and January football.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I I feel like the the other thing is like last week everybody was wanted and us included. I mean, we both we wanted to see Jordan Mason because he's looked phenomenal. Like in preseason, he looked phenomenal. In camp, he looked phenomenal. Danny Gray, we know what he brings to the team. I think that Kyle. Last week, we were questioning a little bit more. This week, I kind of understand why he's not playing the rookies. If he doesn't trust them, you know, at least 90% to, you know, pick up the pass, protect, uh, you know, be good pass blockers, you know, run every route, all this kind of stuff in the complicated Shanahan offense. I understand why he's not playing him because he's like, look, we just can't give the ball away. We can't afford mistakes because this defense is going to hold the other team down. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, again, kind of don't see Mason. I, I, I want to. I really want to see Mason. But, um, and maybe Bobby Turner kind of changes things. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Jeff Wilson show once more. Uh, and I think it's going to be, I mean, Jennings has been playing great. IU, uh, Debo, I think they're just going to stick with that
0: should be interesting 49ers on the road in Carolina this week then the Falcons to follow and then Mahomes Andy Reid and company and the Chiefs make a make a trip to uh to uh or to uh, Levi Stadium I should say for a rematch of the Super Bowl from just a few years ago. So it's going to be a very interesting season. Hope you enjoyed the Tales from the Bay podcast and hope you enjoy some of the interviews that we've done inside the 49er locker room. And, um, and it should be a good week. It should be a good week ahead for the 49ers. And, and then on to Atlanta.
1: On to Atlanta.